weirdest place you found someone trying to park? In Lake Michigan. Lake Michigan. What was happening? <laughs> Go in Lake Michigan. Okay. Um, I think they uh, partied a little too hard the night before. We found them literally half vehicle halfway into Lake Michigan. We're back with another episode delving into the world of unconventional jobs that often go unnoticed, odd jobs. And in today's spotlight, we're taking a closer look at a profession that doesn't usually top anyone's favorite list, parking enforcement. Personally, I've never received a ticket and it brightened my day. So I decided to sit down and explore the personalities behind this role, delving into whether they find satisfaction in issuing tickets and uncovering any misconceptions that may exist in the realm of parking enforcement. This is Uniquely Milwaukee. It's everything you love about community stories, but more in depth. Giving the stories the time and attention they deserve. Changing perspective one episode at a time. I'm your host, Salam Fathayed, and this is Uniquely Milwaukee. Stories that stick with you. The first person I spoke to to understand the world of parking was Eldridge Hill, who's been a parking enforcement officer for eight years. Before, you know, stepping into this role, what has been your thoughts about parking enforcement or a parking enforcement officer before stepping into the world of parking? Before uh, working in parking enforcement, I kind of view parking enforcement officers as, you know, a useless job. <laughs> really doesn't, you know, serve a purpose besides upsetting people. Yeah. So that that's pretty much how I viewed it. How did you become a parking enforcement officer and why did you decide to take this job? Why did I become a parking enforcement officer? Because I wanted to, you know, add some kind of value to service in the community. Mm -hmm. Always like helping people. Yeah. And this position was available at the time where I was uh, looking for employment. So I gave it a shot and kind of fell in love with it. To gain first-hand perspective, Eldritch generously arranged a ride-along for both me and my coworker Dan, a glimpse into the daily life of a parking enforcement officer. However, it was purely educational and no tickets were issued during my time on the job. But that did not deter another coworker, Anthony, from jokingly requesting to revoke his parking ticket that he got earlier that day. All the way here to give me a ticket, boss. I got parties from the Turner Hall, man. $22. No, I'm messing. All right, man. Appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. Have you ever, like, noticed people walking, like, kind of freeze up when they see your car? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Usually, uh, especially around the school areas, MATC, UWM, Marquette. If they see you on the block, you see a crowd of people running, trying to get to their vehicles, usually. All right, so we are here in the third war. Please notice this plate is showing us like the red. April 23. That's a very potential violation. We'll pull in here just for a quick second. So what I'm doing now here is I'm going to uh, log us into our citation issuing app. We're going to training mode so we don't issue anything live to our, you know, citizens during this time period. All right. So now I'm going to bring up the meters. This is what that looks like. Everything you see green is paid. Everything that's not paid with that's not green and has a vehicle there. That's who we going. We should stop and issue them a citation. We're not 
for these purposes, but it'll give you an idea of how many people are actually out here violating. All right, so now we'll get back in traffic. What about like right here, we're in a two hour parking zone um, closer to the lake where there's no meters, but it, you know, it's posted eight to six. Is there a method to checking like if a car's actually been there for more than two hours? Yes, there is. Let me pull this over. That's what this guy is for here. So we have this uh, computer software here. All right, so we're gonna drive this street here. We're gonna scan everybody up for the two hour time zone so that you can kind of get a, an idea of how we do this. And that's scanned from the camera that's in the car? Correct. There are, the cameras are located on the rear, on the outside, on both uh, quarter panels so that we can hit both sides of the street if we need to. We were hearing that is the camera taking pictures of every car. That is correct. And this makes it efficient for staff to, you know, enforce this type of area. Because in the past, what we had to do was stop at each vehicle and, you know, swipe the tire with chalk. But as you see, we can even do this with a vehicle behind us. I just got a park. I got a parking ticket a while back, but I just paid it knowing that we were doing this interview uh, yesterday night because my dad texted me. The bill went to him and he's like, it was $20. Now it's 40. Pay it. So I like took the sticker and put out my water bottle so I don't forget to pay it because I was like, I got to pay before I come talk to you guys because then I'm going to always just think in the back of my mind that I have a ticket that's looming over. Uh, so what is the what's the average tickets per day? And have you have you ever had a day we never gave a ticket? That's an easy one to answer, no. No, okay. <laughs> What's the average? What's the average of tickets that I issue today? Yeah, in a, in a day, typically. Mm, depends. Uh, depends on which shift I'm working. Depends on which area I'm working. Uh, downtown, usually everyone's crowded downtown. It's the most popular part of the city. So if I'm downtown, on an average, I could issue 70, 80 tickets a day. Have you either guys ever gotten a ticket? Obviously. Yes. Yeah? Well, I have. Recently, though. No. Not recently. I'm an expert now. When's the last time you've got guys gotten a ticket? I'm 45. I was, what, 17. Oh, wow. Okay. Good for you. I got one in 2017 where I, I lived on Jefferson, on Jeff, in Jefferson Black Apartments, not far from here. And we only had one spot in the structured parking so there were times where I would park outside beyond the two hour limit and I took my chances and this is what a lot of people do. It didn't work in your favor. It did not work in my favor that day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about your family members? Is that something that happens a lot where you have noticed it's their license plate or their car you still got to issue them a ticket? My family constantly gets parking citations so I'm constantly <laughs> educating them on how not to receive these citations. Do they on the reverse tell you like, hey man, can you do me a favor and not, or like, is there a way to like- Well, jokingly it? they yeah, do yeah. that, but they know. <laughs> yeah. They know my stance. You might've just heard an unfamiliar voice just there. And that was Tom Wasnick, parking service manager for the city of Milwaukee. And he is an expert when it comes to parking, specifically Wisconsin state statues when it comes to traffic codes. Something that will change on December 1st. For more information, head over to milwaukee.gov backslash parking for all the information. But Tom says these parking rules are enforced for a reason. 
Well, there's a variety of reasons. Primarily, it's safety, yes. Uh, secondarily, it's how you manage a transportation system. Mm. So in the early 50s, though, legislators enacted that rule that requires a permit. And that was a genius approach to managing how prevalent vehicle ownership had already become then and still has continues to be today. There are tens of thousands of vehicles parking on our mm-hmm. street every second of every day. And during the night, in order to properly manage the parking, which is not unlimited, of course, especially in the dense areas of mm-hmm. our city, they enacted a rule that required a permit and a fee associated with that permit. I have found as a parking mobility and transportation professional that there couldn't have been a more applicable and prudent approach, not only to maintain the safety of the streets, because that allows us to remove snow and ice in the winter, remove leaves now during the fall season, allows emergency vehicles to pass in a proper manner because there's enough width. Emergency vehicles are very wide. Mm -hmm. Fire trucks are 12 feet wide. Snow plows are 12 feet wide. And on narrower streets, which many times are only 30 feet wide, if you park a car on both sides, that's seven, eight feet add that together, that's 16 feet. How much distance you have left in two lanes? 14 mm-hmm. feet. So you barely have enough distance to get a fire truck through. So, and most, many vehicles don't necessarily park properly. Yeah. So when that happens, now you restrict the street and you restrict the safety associated with providing safety-related services and a lot of the services we deliver. And you mentioned safety, but if someone was, you know, for example, the other day I got a parking ticket because I, I parked an hour extra. How do you argue that that is unsafe if you're there for a longer period of time? Well, that's different than yeah. safety. So those time restriction rules and regulations which are enacted by legislation, typically by the block or the area of wherever they exist and where they're signed as such, those are to encourage turnover and access. Mm-hmm. I mean, they everything comes back to having a potential safety component, but that's to encourage access because if we allow every vehicle to park all day, no one's ever going to have access. Yeah. And that's the history of how parking rules and regulations have changed. That's where meter parking came from. In 1935 in Oklahoma City, the first meter went into place because they were seeing at that time vehicles that just parked and littered the streets and no one ever moved. And how do you possibly manage a transportation system like that? It's impossible. So what that, this regulation and its enforcement, that's what's critical to ensure it. If it wasn't enforced, it doesn't matter what the sign says. If you don't have enforcement of a rule and regulation, no one's going to comply with it mm-hmm. either. So the enforcement of it is a safety-related impact because it ensures turnover and access. And if you don't have access, now that does have a safety implication. Mm -hmm. Somebody who has a need, maybe they do have an accessible need. Maybe they do need to get to a corner to pick up their kids or to drop something out. Maybe the police or the fire need to get down that street and now they can't have access to the portion of that they need in the right of way because people are not complying with the rules. After the break, the conversation shifts gears to address safety from a different perspective, exploring the unique challenges that parking enforcement officers encounter on a daily basis. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? 
It's all funded by the honor system. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. And, you know, you both mentioned, you, I believe actually, Tom, you mentioned that there's challenges in this role. Can both of you guys enlighten me what those challenges might be? Well, I'll start. There's significant safety-related challenges to this position and its responsibilities. We often encounter interactions with the public public that are not indicative of how they should treat our staff. Mm. So we spend a lot of time training our staff to be prepared to uh, deliver a high level of compliance, to communicate in a very respectful, cordial manner, to encourage compliance. But having said that, we very much do appreciate the opportunity to speak to the public and encourage them to treat our staff with the same courtesy and respect that we treat them with. We want them to comply with rules and regulations. We want them to, we do and want to give them the tools and resources to do so. But we would ask that they also understand that we're human beings, that we're here doing a job and we want to come home to our families. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, we want to come home to our families in a safe way where we feel good about what we did for that day. We feel like we were productive and we made a difference. And oftentimes that is not how our staff feels Mm -hmm. because it's not how they're treated. Yeah. Well, I kind of want to sit with that, too, because I think you're in a very unique position because, one, it's a job, but at the same time, it is culturally a very disliked line of work, and you represent that. How do you feel knowing that so many people that you interact with leave either upset or angry in having those moments? Well, isn't it, well, let me start here. First off, I'm a father. So a lot of our parking uh, violations are safety-related violations. So I feel good about what I do. Mm-hmm. Like I told you initially, my uh, perspective of this position was what I mentioned earlier. But learning what I've learned in this role and being with parking enforcement as a whole, I, I'm totally on board mm-hmm. with all the violations. My children were small when I started here. And I remember watching my children try to cross the street. And there was a vehicle that was parked too close to the crosswalk. People, they don't understand that the shorter children, they're kind of just gambling when they cross the street. Mm -hmm. They can't see past your car. They can't see the oncoming traffic coming. So a lot of times they just kind of guess and go. They, They do things like listen for sound. And we don't want that for our children. Have you ever felt sympathy with the people that you find or uh, enforce the parking? Well, we never like to upset people. We're not in this business to upset the citizens. Um, we try to put the safety first. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, maybe in a, on a personal level, I'm like, wow, that's not a great situation for mm-hmm. them. You asked another good question. Does it, does it feel bad mm-hmm. to issue somebody a citation? Uh, we are empathetic. But we have a job to do. Mm-hmm. So we we wrestle with that before staff goes on their own. And I believe they're all equipped to understand the nature of what they're doing, why they're doing it. So sure, you know, when I call and ask a vehicle to be ticketed or towed, is there a part of me that's empathetic towards what I know is likely going to be happening to their vehicle? Sure. 
but we have a job to do mm-hmm. and we signed up for it and it's our responsibility to do it, right? We want people to know the rules. We want to, them to have the tools to comply. We don't want to issue tickets. I, I know that most people don't believe that when we say that, but it is the honest truth. We would love everybody to comply with the rules and regulations, but unfortunately that doesn't happen. Yeah. And it frequently doesn't happen enough that we need a comprehensive parking enforcement team, which we have, which is very good at what they do to ensure compliance, but we would much prefer that. Our training, we're having a new training class start soon, is we provide them with training to prepare them for the role and for the responsibilities and for the safety-related impacts, and most importantly, for how to best interact with the public. So they spend a lot of time in their training receiving information and then being able to test it. And then when they start training, they spend several weeks in preparation to go on their own because the best way to reduce the negative interactions is to simply be positive and respectful, Mm -hmm. to be open to somebody approaching you and to look and feel both your emotional state and your physical state, that you're open to talking to them. That goes a long way to reducing and minimizing negative confrontations and consequences. And it's a lot about body language, and it's a lot about facial recognition and tone of voice. If you're approached by somebody and your reaction is negative in its tone, and defensive in its nature, you're likely going to elevate that situation right from that moment Mm -hmm. on. And it would be a much better interaction for the public. If you came up to us and explained, why did I get this ticket? I know I was a little late, but I was busy. I work. I've got stuff to do, right? We would educate you on the importance Mm -hmm. of turnover and access and what's critical about that. And these are laws. These were enacted by the Common Council for a specific reason, and we are required to enforce them. So that's the other thing that's frustrating for our staff is we're acting on behalf of government. We have a job to do. We are responsible for enforcing the rules and regulations to ensure compliance. We're simply doing our part in the best way we can. What do you enjoy most about your job? And then also on the flip side, what do you dislike the most about your job? As a parking enforcement officer, I guess it's the same. My answer is the same for both. It's the people. Um, I, I love the positive people, and they do outnumber the bad situations or negative interactions. But on the flip side, what I don't like sometimes is the people, mm-hmm. the people who choose to treat our staff in a bad manner. You know, we, we're people. We're human beings just like you. We have families. I'm a father. I have children. I have a mom. You know, I'm human. So when you see us on the street, just try to keep that in mind. We're a vital part of the makeup of our city and its DNA, frankly. And what we want in the city of Milwaukee are big, audacious goals. We want equity. We want collaboration. We want complete streets. We want access for everyone. We want development. Mm -hmm. We want all the things that a city should want to aspire to achieve. 
that's what we want. And one of the ways you achieve complete streets and access and safety and mobility and making sure your streets are clean and your areas are clean, your neighborhoods are clean, are frankly parking rules and regulations. What incentive do they have to care? Mm -hmm. And then it leads to other things and unfortunately leads to other negative consequences. Move your vehicle. Make sure you move it. Make sure you understand the importance of moving it. And make sure you understand how it fits in the transportation system. Parking's one component of a transportation system, right? A lot of people have cars. We get it. But a lot of people take the bus. And a lot of people walk. And a lot of people bike. A lot of people take micro-mobility these days. Those are all vital components of a thriving transportation system that we all should want. I have a few questions for my coworkers that I thought would ask you guys. From Jen, this is more some advice. She said, I have the overnight parking sticker and I park on the even sides of the street on even days and vice versa for the odd dates. And I still get tickets. It's really confusing. Can you tell me what I could be doing wrong? wrong. Does she have a permit? I'm not sure. But so first she should make sure she has a permit because my guess is she's getting a ticket because she doesn't have a permit. Uh, I'm based upon your description of her question. I don't think she's getting a ticket because she's on the wrong side. But here's the general rule in the city of Milwaukee. And there are a lot of cities that have something different. But what the public should know is you need to park on the even side of the street prior to midnight on even dates. Even, even. An odd side of the street, and when I say odd, that's odd number side of the street or even number side. Park on the even number side of the street on even dates prior to midnight and the odd number side of the street on odd dates prior to midnight. And that changes for snow emergencies. Instead of midnight, it becomes 10 p.m. Mm. But either way, it's the same that you should be on that proper side of the street prior to midnight that applies to that next day. Okay, good she to follows know. that rule, she'll be all good. From Element, she asks, what are your thoughts on the show Parking Wars? I'm obsessed with the show. How realistic is that reality show? I'm not sure if you're familiar, but if it's you from are. Philadelphia, mostly. <laughs> Most of that is in Philadelphia, yes. Pennsylvania. So... Philadelphia has historically been the most aggressive city in the United States of America in terms of enforcing parking rules and regulations. They're, they have historically been extremely aggressive. And for that perspective, that's a little bit of frustration when I've watched that show in the past because the public is interacting in that way with their staff because they know they're aggressive in their nature. Mm. And we're, we don't run our parking services and parking enforcement operation like that. It should be about communication and collaboration and people helping each other know the rules, know the regulations, know how things work. So people can be safe. And there's a big part of safety that comes along with what we do. So... Although at times in the past I've seen that and I've sort of once in a while laughed or smiled, I don't really do that anymore mm -hmm. because I find it kind of appalling mm -hmm. how the people treat each other. And I, again, wish in the more I know about our people and the longer I've been here doing this specific position, overseeing these wonderful people is 
I just find it atrocious mm -hmm. that people treat each other that way. It's yeah. just a <laughs> it's just a testament of society sometimes that you don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. why, why do we have to act like that? Treat people with kindness. Yeah. yeah. From Anthony, in certain parts of the cities, it seems like there's a lot of cars without license plates. So how does that affect your your job as far as ticketing and towing? Who owns the vehicle? How does that work if you uh, interact with a car without a license plate? We love vehicles without plates. First of all, I want all citizens to understand that like it's illegal to park a vehicle anywhere on, in the city of Milwaukee on the streets without a license plate mm -hmm. on it. And drive it, in fact, actually. Thank you for that, Tom. Mm -hmm. um, so with that being said, when you're making your vehicle purchases, rather it's from the car lot, or a private owner, please notice at the car lots, they always ask you, hey, do you want this plate? They can care less whether you get it or not. Mm -hmm. But they ask because they already know that it's illegal. We've cited and told many people's vehicles off the streets the first night that they bought their oh, vehicle. Wow. <laughs> so that's why I'm yeah. taking time to explain this to the public that, hey, we see that vehicle with no plate. That's a magnet for us. Mm -hmm. We're coming straight there because it's guaranteed that we can leave um, a citation there to try to educate you in the, in the future, or we can open up that parking spot for someone who needs it. So how do yeah. we address these vehicles without plates? We typically go for the van. And I know someone's out there listening right now saying, oh, I'm just gonna cover my van up since that's how they get the information. Please do not cover your van up. When you purposely cover your van, your vehicle becomes unidentified as far as ownership. That is a guarantee tow. Okay. And then lastly from Ben, what the hell, bro? That's the question. <laughs> ben, we need more context. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kim Shine, production manager at Radio Milwaukee. Thank you to our host, Salam Fatayer, Tariq Moody, our executive producer, and Brett Kraskowski, who is our web editor. Thank you to our marketing team led by Sarah Lar, our graphics and wonderful logo made by Aaron Bagata. Mallory Wallace is our community engagement and membership manager, and Dan Reiner and Darren Brewer handle our social media. A big thank you to City Loving members for making Uniquely Milwaukee possible. Tune in next Tuesday for our next episode. 